Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome back to Playing Injured. Today's guest is Tim Brannion, who runs a multi-million dollar tech company called True Fans. In this episode, we get an opportunity to really learn about his life, kind of where he came from, how he got to where he is today, and some of the different things that he ran into uh, kind of in his teen years and adolescence. We also get an opportunity to learn a little bit about True Fans and how it helps content creators around the world. This is a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Um, Tim is an amazing guy, um, and he's building a great platform for for creators. So uh, with that being said, we did have some tech issues where uh, the quality of sound on my end is not as great as I would like it to be. But um, I hope you guys still enjoy the show. Yes, I, uh, I'm pumped to have this one. Me and you got a chance to chat yesterday uh, and really liked the way we kind of flowed and connected. That could have been a podcast episode in <laughs> itself. And so you were like, hey, you know, this is some content you can put on True Fans and different things like that. I'm like, wow, you, you kind of opened my mind up to new things. I went to bed like thinking like, okay, this is a good interaction to have. So, uh, but first off, before we get into True Fans and kind of tell folks what that's all about, we love to start off, like I always do, of asking, who is Tim and how do you spend your time today? Right. So, so um, I am Tim. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, name's Tim Brand. And I'm, I, uh, my story starts like I, my professional career started in the military. Um, I did that and lo- love the adventure that that took me on, both good places and bad places. And uh, from there, I, you know, I kind of accidentally got into the tech space, but but who I am now, I'm a dad, right? I'm a, I'm a father of, of two awesome children. Uh, I'm a, a husband to an amazing wife that deals with all my, you know, she's a springboard for me and, and uh, she, she just amplifies anything that I give her. So wow. if I give her money, you know, she turns it into it. She invests in the kids or invests in our house. She's made my house a home truly. And it's like, I've always, I've, I've noticed now that my wife and a good woman amplifies things. Mm. So if you get yourself a great woman um, and you love her, she's going to amplify that love and it comes back. It's just this, you know, not that we don't have our own qualms and issues every, I think every healthy relationship does, but I'm just, I'm thankful for that. Um, who I am now, I'm, I'm, I find myself more in like a product project manager role within my, my organizations. So we build custom softwares and apps for solo entrepreneurs, small businesses, large businesses. We're working into some municipalities as well. So in Indiana, the state, and then on the federal level, we're going to start bidding on really cool projects um, that I the high level of confidence. I believe we're going to be able to do a really good job on. And uh, yeah, so my role there is really just to communicate, be the bridge between a stakeholder or the guy or gal or team with ideas and communicate that effectively to the engineers that, that bring that solution to life. And I, I love the tech space. 
really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm learning something new every day. It's always something different and the, the speed at which technology is growing and going. It's uh, it's just awesome. I feel like we're in the right industry and it's, it's really fun to, to be in this, especially with like web three and all the different crypto technology, like the new emerging technologies that are coming out. It's just, it's cool. So that's, that's a little bit about me. I think that's, so I'm from uh, central Indiana. I know this isn't really, the normal place that you find uh, tech folks. I'm in the Midwest near Indianapolis and in Indiana. Um, another part of my team is out in Delhi, India. And then one of my uh, co-founders just moved from California to here. So he's down in Indianapolis now too, which is great. We can get together. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, man. No, I, I love hearing people's background because at the end of the day, we hear founder of uh, multi-million dollar tech company, uh, CEO, COO of another tech company, right? And like, wow, this guy has to be something out of, you know, the ordinary. But what you hear there is, is just say, hey, I'm an ordinary guy, husband, two kids, amazing wife that amplifies my life. Um, and then these are kind of little day-to-day tasks that I do in it. What it really does is humanize things for folks who may not even believe that they could one day be a CEO of a tech company. Realize yeah. and Tim is 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 more similar to you than than anything else. Yeah, and I love that. I hope to be that for people. I really do. Like I really hope that that people would have faith and belief getting getting to know me and, and the circumstance or really just the characteristics. If I can give those characteristics away, I I promise you I would. If I could package them up and hand them. But the best way that I have to do that, I think, is just by you know, doing stuff like this, getting on a podcast, and hoping that, that the right people get around me in proximity to hear or, you know, uh, hoping that, that the mindsets of individuals that I get around are, are those of like abundance and curiosity, like aggressive curiosity versus like hate. That was yeah. a tough flip of the switch for me. Like you start seeing some success and the people around you, they maybe don't like it because you're elevating or changing. I can't rationalize it, but it was a lot for me to process. And like, instead of being that guy or girl, I would strongly suggest to get aggressively curious and find out how, because there's so much abundance in the world. And, in you know, just name one industry, the tech industry, there's infinite amount of opportunity. So, so having that scarcity mindset is limiting. Whereas you could ask somebody that's where you want to be or what you want to have, whatever that looks like, what do you read? You know, you ask that person, what's your day-to-day routine look like? What are some things I should avoid? Watch, and you don't even necessarily have to ask questions. Most people will be open to tell you, I think a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, Cause it gets lonely. You <laughs> start, start, I, I can see that. But anyway, yeah, I hope to be an inspiration, man. And I really, I truly do want to see people win. Um, whatever that, whatever that win is for them, if I can, if I can help. So. No, I love that. First of all, I love that you mentioned that. See, that's why I love taking it wherever we go. We just having a conversation, right? And Mm -hmm. what I've learned to do as I've gotten more experience with podcasting is kind of allowing the conversation to go. Uh, But you talked about kind of the law of abundance and what I've learned with successful people is that they've looked at other people and they found inspiration in those other people as opposed to thinking about them in a negative way. So they see the accomplishments of others and they're like, wow, that gives me more proof that I'm able to succeed like that as well. And Mm -hmm. so 
Um, I love that you mentioned that. I love that you said, hey, that abundance mindset, especially in this world today where uh, we see success every day on the surface. And obviously we don't know what's going on in the background, but on the surface, it can create this envy. It can create this um, this 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 hate. And we have to be aware of it and realizing that the law of abundance is like it's so many resources, so much to be around. Let me let me jump. You have to love yourself enough to suppress Mm. that evil. Mm. You have to realize that you're in your own way. The the moment that you start, the moment that you have that resonating anger, jealousy, these are things from these are negative things. (laughs) These are things that are taking you away from being in the way of your blessings. Yeah. And that's, I wanted to think, like, hopefully that, that resonates with some people to realize, to love yourself enough wow. to catch yourself in your nonsense as it's happening, to, 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 to really process through that. Why do I feel, why do I think that it's because you're blocking yourself? Like that is the moment you realize that it's like, oh, now make a different choice. Now make a different change. You've identified this, this obstacle. Okay. Prosper through it push, push through it and, and make, you know, take a different choice. And, and I would recommend the aggressive curiosity choice. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's there. Sorry. ADD moment. Huh? No, I love that. Like I told you, <laughs> Hey, I told you, I said, Hey, I want you to talk how you feel. Don't worry about kind of running on man. Cause uh, you speak from the heart. I just feel like it's a gym. It's always some gyms there when you get a chance to just get to a flow state. Speak. Oh, shiny, oh, yeah. shiny syndrome, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's great. Um, and, and like I said, being in a world where content creation is key you know, and people uh, are, are out there creating their lives, true fans kind of came about. And especially as the, the kind of the pandemic hit, virtual world became more, I feel like it accelerated things. And I think that people started to take a look at, hey, con- content creation uh, can be very fruitful. Uh, I know I did as a podcaster. Uh, and multiple people, you look at TikTok, Instagram, and how much they've changed in over the last two years. Um, so would love to hear a little bit about kind of content creation from your perspective and kind yeah. of true fans and how that helps content creators. Um, in Absolutely. Yeah, no, great, great question. And like, we're, we're moving at the speed of light, the human, humankind, we're, we're constantly finding a, a faster way, a more simplistic way, an easy way, uh, improving existing things, improving existing processes, systems, whether they're physical items or techno- technological items and systems. So it's just, you know, cheers to us as humans. We're, we're really, you know, we're innovative and it's fantastic. We're, we're creators and doers. I think in our, in our nature, we're designed that way. And, uh, that's a whole nother side topic I could go down. I believe that we're meant to create and we're meant to produce and give and, and be thinking in the, in the idea of how can I solve problems, especially as entrepreneurs, people that have that entrepreneurial muscle. How do I solve problems? That's instead of thinking about how do I get paid? How is this going to make me money? That selfish initial, like I think when you first start out as an entrepreneur, you're constantly thinking about getting, the, getting a bag, yeah. getting money, yeah. like getting, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's, that's phase one and you're almost there, but you realize solving problems, you're, you're paid in direct proportion to your ability to solve problems. 
like this company right here, Apple, they make billions because they solve a lot of problems every day. Uh, platforms, Airbnb, you know, and I'm th- talking about tech mainly, but, but, you know, elevators, <laughs> okay. and that, that solves a lot of problems, window wash, whatever. Um, so anyway, it, this have, have a mindset of how do I serve? How do I help? And then create infrastructure around that to, to do a really good job at it, getting customers, making them happy. This is the same framework of mine that I had when I fell into the idea of, of building this platform, true fans and, and the problems this, these are current right now. Content creators do not make enough money. They've been habitually underpaid and undervalued. I will openly say this, this is just a fact. Uh, additionally, they've been, you know, how they've been um, undervalued is that you know, they don't, they don't get their data. They don't own their, their data. They don't own their infrastructure. They're bringing a lot of traffic and a lot of attention and a lot of influence to these infrastructures that they're building on. Um, but they're not getting compensated for that. And they're really not getting the tools and mechanisms to participate in some of that revenue being generated to this conglomerate that is social media. Uh, so that was problem number one. We have unempowered creators that are severely underpaid, that are being you know, kicked off platforms, that are being censored, that are being uh-huh. demonetized or not monetized enough. Uh, and that's just to name a few. So, so that was like, huh, these are issues that a lot of people are aware of now. And even more so, people are coming into this knowledge. Um, so the next thing was, was belief. We had a high level of belief that we could solve those problems. We could build a competitor to some of the giants that were already out there. And I don't want to like name names and bash, but some other membership sites that are well-known. Right. Uh, we looked at just making improvements on those. How could we be better? Okay, well, we can pay faster. We can pay more. We're US-based. We're proud of that. You know, we've got an audience that would be proud of that. We're veteran-owned. Right. That that's something to be proud of. There's there's typically a brand that goes along with being, you know, I'm a vet. I, I was service oriented. At least I'm supposed to be right. Like I've got four principles and values. The other thing was we believe that we could build better features to help creators monetize through unique ways, whoever they are, wherever they're at, start monetizing their content and, and uh, monetizing and converting their existing audiences to buyers. So we looked at, you know, we did some prototyping and wireframing and and this belief turned into a plan. And the plan was to set the standard globally as the most logical choice platform for content creators around the world. So we do that currently right now by listening with the intent to engineer and observing with the intent to engineer and serve. The moment that I stopped thinking about my user's experience, the moment that I stop thinking of it, the moment I get too wrapped up in the numbers or profits or any of this stuff, that's the moment that I need to retire because I'm no longer going to innovate appropriately. I'm off track. So that's what matters to us in our development systems is, you know, how can we serve this, this underserved, you know, client base? And our clients are our users, our clients, our creators, our musicians, their models. Um, and, and I guess the biggest component of, of us and why we're, what, where we stamped our flag is we don't allow adult content. I forgot to admit, that's a big piece. We don't allow the adult content. So we've become a home for people that would love to monetize, 
and, and, and make yeah. money. Right. But they don't want the negative stigma of, you know, typical fan sites. So, so all of our marketing, all of our branding, all of our legal policies, everything is centered around being, we're invite only. So the only way that people can get out, if they're listening to this, Josh, like they're going to have to go through you to get access. So, you know, if somebody's interested, they're going to have to hit you up. You're going to be the gatekeeper to, to those applicants um, to gain access. And we're, we're invite only on purpose. So we only want to work with, you know, a certain type of, of content creator, somebody who's serious, threaded to monetize, but isn't in that industry that we're trying to avoid. So, so yeah, that's, that's uh, and, and where we're at now, man, we've got thousands of creators all over the planet. Um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of different users that are coming in now from all over the world are processing in like 133 different currencies. I think we're in 44 countries now. And um, we're just excited. We're excited about where it's going. I can confidently say we have one of the best, best platforms on the planet right now. And it's been about two and a half years. And, and the future of what we're building and the features that are coming out are only going to to, they're only going to continue to serve and like disrupt what's what's available and like I'm pumped for who we're gonna meet like nonprofits, uh, the other musicians like other 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 people that are gonna come into this this sphere and take advantage of what we've got here as a platform. So that's the longer story of like the how, the what, and and everything. You know. No, I, I love how you broke that down, uh, especially as an entrepreneur. Uh, you do start things off like. I want to make money and you probably want the the shiny name. You want to be on the cover of Forbes or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, you're looking to solve a problem and kind of focusing on the process of how can we grow? How can we get better? And then how can we add value to others? And Mm -hmm. over time, that's what actually pulls you in to actually coming and working and doing the late nights and different things like that. Uh, But I, I can say right now, I appreciate you for, for, jumping on that bandwagon of wanting to develop something for content creators. Um, because I think we all are content creators in a way. We just don't really realize it. We, we all are putting stuff out there, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> we all have a brand. Um, it's just, how can we monetize it and think about it more so um, as a business, you know, yeah. um, and really focusing on, on that. We, so, no, I love that. Yeah, our slogan is like uh, power your brand. I think it used to be empower your brand. Now it's power your brand. So, so what we try to do is, if they don't already exist, manufacture this hybrid between creator entrepreneur, because those people, you know, they stay in their creative flow. They're making things for their audience, but we teach them methodologies to, to you know, be an e-commerce brand to to own their, you know, to own their infrastructure. They're, their name is their business, you know, their, their image, their personal brand um, is their business. So teaching them how to set up infrastructure around that um, and, and really segment that, that user base. It's one thing to have followers. It's another thing to have true fans, right? People that will buy your stuff, people that are rocking with you, that support your cause, that are a part of your tribe. Man, even if you have if you have a thousand people, if that's your your initial goal is to get a thousand true fans, you're in a really good place um, because those people are rocking with you. They're they're in they're on board on what you who you are, what you do, and uh, they're supporters. I mean, and that's that's awesome. And, and 
you know, I think the mindset there too, as an entrepreneur, getting past the just make money, that's an important component. I don't want to, to, to like discourage it. If you want to make money, you're motivated by money. Absolutely. Money does not buy happiness, but if you give it away and you can do more with it, I would say that, that it can, it can produce or create some happiness. Um, by having it, you become the vessel in a way you can do more. Um, and you know, so there's nothing wrong with, with creating, you know, more, more income and more wealth for yourself. But I think getting past that initial phase and getting into how do I serve more? How is this going to impact people? Who, who am I going to, to get really good at helping? You know, that's just going to, it's going to open up your mind to how do I get them right? Where are they at? Who are they? What's their persona? What's their profile? You know, and then how do I, how do I make them really, 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 really happy? <laughs> Those are the two key things I think uh, that come after you've, you've decided who it is you're going to help. Here at Playing Injured, we value mental fitness and giving folks tools to persevere through anything in life. If you struggle with brain fog, fatigue, or staying focused, I want to present to you the latest biohacking tool called Magic Mind. It's an amazing productivity drink. Look, I've been drinking Magic Mind for the past few weeks, and I've noticed a difference in my level of focus, the momentum that I feel throughout the day, and it's helped me feel more successful and conquer my calendar. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink. It's different than an energy drink or coffee-based drink with minimal caffeine and all-natural ingredients, helping you fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some ADD symptoms. After about three to seven days of continuous use, it's easier to get into a flow state and be more productive. Magic Mind has a special offer for our listeners. Head over to www magicmind.co forward slash injured and use our promo code injured for 20% off. Visit www.magicmind.co forward slash injured and use our promo code injured for 20% off. 100%. And serving others is, is key. Like serving, when you serve others, you, you get a lot of fulfillment from it. I, I, I put it like this for myself. You know, I, if I'm serving others, I can sit in front of this computer all day and I'll look at my watch and it's nine o'clock at night. And I've been here for, you know, 12 hours. I'm like, wow, that went by fast. I lost track of time because I was so busy serving others. and It's been so fulfilled, fulfilling. Um, and for you, that mindset is amazing because you actually serve the country, right? You, you serve the country. So that mindset came from there. So what I would love to do, I would love to kind of touch back on that journey of like going back, being in the military, um, what that was like and what you got out of that. Because you weren't, me and you kind of chatted as an 18 year old boy, you weren't this entrepreneur. You, maybe you had the entrepreneurial um, mind, but you didn't have necessarily no. the character to follow through on what you're doing now. So no. we'd love to hear kind of the beginning of it all. The beginning of it all, and a lot of people would not believe this if I wasn't totally transparent. I, the beginning of it all, I was going nowhere fast. I was hanging around with people that I had no business really hanging around with. They were also not going anywhere fast. It was like this weird directionless crew that 
we almost like we're just a reflection of each other and no one had any like real goal or destination or not that these people weren't talented, not that these people didn't have the ability or the capability, but there was no, there was no momentum forward towards any sort of like progressional goal. We weren't making, we were just existing and in board men get into trouble, Yeah, you know, it, it still hands. So I was doing it most, I say most, I, I think, distracted guys do. I was chasing girls. I was chasing the party scene. That's all I could. Like that was my primary focus. How can I get with so-and-so? How can I get, get into this scene where I can can party and drink and like be in this environment. And I wasn't realizing, I didn't know that I was like investing my time. I didn't think of it like that. Like my time was, I, I didn't, I didn't love myself enough to like realize that the things I do, the things I consume should be an investment to where and who I want to be. That's deep. Like I, I wasn't thinking like that. Like, like the ingredients to the music I was listening to had a nutritional facts label, right? Yeah. Feel me? I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't thinking like who I was spending time around also had a nutritional facts label on it. Like, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Oh, 100%. <laughs> no. And, so, and, and what's key is you're talking about kind of like their diet, not necessarily your the diet of what you eat, but the diet of the things you consume. Yeah, like, you like who I'm around, like on a yeah. quantum level. Yes. Was I growing? Did I even have, was I in the right soil? Yeah. You know, like was, was I around the right iron to sharpen me? Yeah. Of course not. Cause I didn't know even where I wanted to go. So how could I even know what was going to sharpen me? Right. I didn't, I wasn't thinking. And it's easy to get in that environment, to be honest. I mean, it's easy to do nothing and think nothing and be, and, and just exist. Other people will find out for you. Either you do something for you or you will fall in line with somebody else's thing that they want to do. Yeah. (laughs) There's only two options there. And uh, so for me, I I say all that to set this up, like um, the results of my choices, bro, led me to uh, I I got put into a drunk tank when I was 18 years old. I got arrested. I was hanging out with my buddies. (laughs) I was in the middle. This is a funny story, but like this before I went to the military, 18 years old. And I was hanging out with people that didn't even have like real names. They had like, like uh, usernames or like <laughs> nicknames, like ghosty, uh, clown that they had, they, you know, they had like street names. And then me, I mean, I introduced myself like, Hey, I'm Tim, you know, <laughs> no reason being there, bro. But it was a vibe. I was hanging out with these guys and, you know, they were, they were cool. Like everything was going well, but I knew that things could flip in a switch. But these are the type of guys, man, that, that are like, definitely dangerous if you're not on the good side or something that's real primitive something goes wrong and it's like they're going to turn against you like they don't have your back or these are the same type of dudes that'll probably steal your shit if you got money on you or something's laying out like these are criminals bro (laughs) everything was good but i like had that looming sense of like checking my back or something or like looking around i couldn't really get comfortable but I was having a good time again, waffling in the wind. Next thing I know, and we're out drinking. I just turned 18 years old. We're out drinking in an alley. We got a half gallon of like vodka and we're having a good time drinking. Things are cool. Next thing I know, bro, like cops are everywhere. Like an in, instant, they just like circle us. And they're like, get the fuck on the ground. Da, da, da. And I just like, I freeze. I'm not from the hood, bro. Like I grew up low middle class. 
I'm not from, I don't know the rules out here. Right. So like everybody jet, it's like, everybody's gone, like takes off running except for like me and my two buddies that aren't supposed to be there anyway. Like people are running next thing I know, man, like, like I'm running too. It's just like kind of everybody else is running. I need to get out of here too. So this, this is good. Yeah, I'm throwing myself out there. This is how uneducated I was as a criminal. I'm running, and I remember being a little bit intoxicated and thinking, like, at one moment, I'm thinking, this is so much fun right now. Like, this is the coolest, <laughs> most like, dope thing I've ever done. But the other part of me is, like, like scared, bro. This guy's behind me, like, a little bit way back. I'm running, jumping over stuff I can barely see. It's dark. I'm in Indiana, Logansport, Indiana, like in, in the town. And uh, there's like this house that I see some of the other guys run into and I'm fuck it. So I just, I go into this house and I, and I sit down and pretend to text. Like I sit down on my phone and like, I'm out of breath. (laughs) I'm pretending to text and this cop comes in. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Get your hands behind your back. Da, da, da. I'm just like, damn. I probably should have took. I probably should have ran more. This is just like in my mind. This was a good idea. And uh, you know, man, like I, I end up. So everything was funny, right? Like I get, I get checked in with my buddies, and like they're they're in the, one of the guys is in the car with me, and I'm like, everything's a joke. Like we're clowning about it. We're still a little bit intoxicated. It's fun. So you know, we're, we're clowning each other as we're putting on the orange suit when we get to the place um and then they're doing the photos and stuff so we're like clowning and then we get into this giant drunk tank and like reality starts to slowly set in i'm looking around this room and there's like some dudes that look like they're in bar fight old homeless guys that just look rough and like tattered some some dudes you see on the street and i'm just kind of like yeah but it's still like kind of funny my buddies are in there and they're like you know we start doing push-ups and pretending to write like stuff on the wall like chalk lines that you see on tv and as the alcohol starts to dwindle from our systems like reality keeps setting in and i'm just like you know things kind of mellow out and it's quiet and i'm looking around the room and i'm like yo i'm really in here right now like this is this is where i've ended up like i'm here and it was just like reality set in. And then I start thinking about like, how am I going to get out of here? Like, what's this process even look like? Like I get a call. Who am I going to call? That's when things really start to set in. Cause I'm like, man, I only have like my help. My buddies don't have any money. They're not going to bail me out. They're all broke as shit. They don't have, they don't have any money to get me out. And they wouldn't anyway. They're not, they don't really have your back a lot. And a lot of times they can't, they don't even have their own back. How could they? (laughs) So like, I'm thinking like, who's got my back? Who can I call? And and it's like, my dad is this person that that I know I'm going to have to call. So dude, this is the worst, worst call of my life. I'll never forget. This was restlessness and discontent in my young life. Like the moment I hit like close to rock bottom and I I get that call. uh, I get that call to my dad and I tell him, Hey, of course, when you call somebody from jail, they it like pre-announces it. It's like call from yeah. blah 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 county jail. <laughs> so it's like so you know he already got that, so he probably already knows. So I, I hit him up and I'm like, hey, I made a mistake. I messed up. That's all I had to say. I messed up. And he was and he and he was like, I'll come get you. Now I'm a dad now, and I think about like what do what do you what a 
what a profound situation to be in, like as the father of, of a kid right. that's messing up. And we, we didn't have like $500. My dad didn't have like $500 just to shell out, you know, right. four kids and a wife. So he comes and picks me up and I know that he just spent that money to get me out. And I'm just quiet, silent, <laughs> like the whole way back home. He didn't even, he didn't have to say anything at all. It was a profound hour drive home where I was just thinking, okay, how do I change my life? Where's this audit going to take place? What can I do? What opportunities are available? Who do I want to be? Restlessness and discontent is always the start to change. You have to fall on your face and be put into a corner and then make a decision. Are you going to cower and pout and, you know, be the victim and never, and not make a change, not do anything different. Or are you going to take that situation and think of it as a puzzle and push your way through it? I've, I've seen different types of men pursue trouble and that, that situation of restless and restlessness and discontent a couple ways. One way is the way that I deal with it. I get big and I get angry in a way and I get very much determined and very much uh, persistent and stubborn. I'm going to make this work or die trying. There's no other option. And then I've seen the other side, the flip side, where guys have to like, you know, you know they bow their head down. They get, they start feeling, they, they start not finding a solution. They quit. They give up. And uh Yeah. So it was in that, and in that moment, I made this decision that, you know, I started calling people and figuring out, okay, what, what direction can I go? I, I started looking around where I was at in my environment. Very simple to do. Look around in your environment. And I started looking at people and people that made different decisions. The guys in my, you know, I was 18 years old, the guys that went to the military and were coming back to the party scene, like they got some leave or whatever. They had lost some weight. They carried themselves a little different. They had a car, they had money, they could buy drinks at the bar. They were different and it was enlightening. And it was like a, a the guys that I knew, they stood out. Yeah. The other guys that I was looking at that, that went to college and they were coming back, put on weight. They were uh, pretty much the same as what they were. They just got a little bit bigger. They added to themselves like, like physically. And uh, they didn't have money. They actually have, were like worse off because now right. they're like in debt. Or, I didn't understand all that, but I'm like just looking at these two personas. I start asking them questions, you know, both sides. Like, hey, how is the military? Everybody's afraid, right? I was afraid thinking about the right. nobody wants to go to war. They're being honest. They may be being tough, pretending like they right. do. But uh, that was a concern of mine. Like, dude, I don't want to go to war. I don't want to. It's crazy. What are the, what are these benefits? Like is where my head's at initially. And then the same thing on the college side, what are the benefits of this? What's the return? What's the ROI? And uh, so my decision, what made sense for my life was I'm going to do this military thing, love it or hate it. I'll marry it for four years. Who I become here will at least at minimum, if I hate it, will help me build out a resume. Cause in my mind here, I'm still thinking, how can I be an employee? How can I go work for someone else? How can I be sellable as Tim Brannion to be a, to, to make, you know, a good salary? That was my head at the time. Um, so I jumped at the chance, man. I joined, I joined the military, changed my life. Who I became is something that, yeah, I owe the military way more than I could ever give it. 
for putting me around the type of people it did, for setting setting me up with a standard, giving yeah. me an opportunity to play a mission, a position in the mission, um, giving me this ridiculous work ethic to like achieve and solve problems and, and feel uh, understand my responsibility. And it also taught me some fundamental like discipline, bro. I got up super, I did a bunch of stuff that nobody would do or want to do at a young age. And I just, I got through it because, and, and what I learned in that process is that discipline and consistency can create magnificent things. And, and, and it's required for magnificent things. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, that was now, now inside the military, and I was 18 years old and I found out I was going to Iraq. This was in 2009, 2009, 2009 or 2010. I can't remember. So again, this, in this podcast, right. We talk about coming over adversity, right. And conquering over. So, so when you first find out you're going to war combat, you see it on, see it on TV, you play call of duty, right. But you get, you get noticed that you're going to be leaving at this time, this date, have this ready, meet these requirements. You're going to be with this group. Here's your mission that you're going to be doing. You get briefed. Shit gets real quick. And I remember, I'll never forget, my heart sank into my shoes, sank into my boots when I found out that I was going. A mass sergeant came to me and told me specifically that I was, I was going to be tasked to be on this team going to Iraq. And I'll be honest, the, the first thing I said was, is there anybody else? <laughs> You're right. Anybody else. I'm not some like, you know, what is there? Am I, am I it there? Nobody else wants to go. Like, I, you know, somebody want to volunteer because I was scared. And this mass sergeant took me aside. I basically leveled with me and said, uh, this is going to be great for you. You don't know that yet, but this is going to be great for you. And I thought he was crazy. I'm like, how could going, this is terrible. <laughs> like, you know? So anyway, I, I go and, uh, there's, there's a lot of pre-deployment training before you leave somewhere. You get caught up to speed on uh, just the mission and, and you train for months before you even go out to do your job. So you're prepared for the elements. You're prepared for the things that you need to be observant of. You're prepared for, you know, that, that mission. And uh, anyway, I think, you know, to simplify this, this element of my military career, it taught me to be very mentally resilient. Uh, the things that happen to you are happening for you. Like to realize that and, wow. and to find beauty in, in the pain or the resistance of what's going on in your life is the thing that's going to either define you or refine you. Wow. And so, so, you know, it's a very transparent conversation I have with military vets and, and I'm not like MARSOG. I'm not spec ops. I didn't thank God. I didn't have to do some of the things that other people did. I'm, I salute those guys and I'm appreciative and I love them all. Everybody that played a key position. I'm not here to like say that my air force career was this, that, or the other, but it's like what I don't accept from people that, that have lived that harsh life, done even more crazy things than me or been in situations is for them to define themselves I, I'm, I have PTSD. I have this, I have that. And, and a lot of people aren't allowed to say that because they didn't have a military. It's, it's not socially acceptable for somebody to say what I'm getting ready to say, unless, you know, I've walked the, walked the trail in some capacity. Right? All right. So for those guys, what I challenge them to remember 
is that the military, you know, the reason why your flag runs with the wind is because we pursue obstacles. We go through obstacles. We meet it head on. The military didn't teach you to define yourself by these debilities or these limitations that taught you to adapt and overcome hurdles and obstacles. And so that's, that's my challenge. To, I don't know if you have military listeners or not, or if, or if this digital real estate will ever touch somebody who's military. But for those folks who have decided for some reason in, in our minds as military, we see our life as like, this was my military life. And now I'm a civilian, you know, or, or right. this was my military life. This is when I was peaked. And now I'm doing this over here, realizing that your life is all linear. And this was a chapter in your linear life and who you are is, you know, infinitely valuable. Yeah. It's just yeah. how you think about you that matters. Yeah. Indefinitely. And, I, and, and I, yeah, I, uh, I think that's key, that which you mentioned first off is going towards overcoming obstacles, going towards the obstacles as opposed to avoiding it. And I think we all got work that we need to do as people to grow that we are all avoiding subconsciously, consciously. Just mm. probably not at the top of the priority list or the top of the to-do list. Uh, we keep procrastinating on it and pushing it back, and it's keeping mm-hmm. us from growing, right? And I keep going back to what your sergeant told you is like, this is going to be good for you. You can't see it now. This struggle that you're about to go through, we all know it's tough what you're yeah. about to go through, but it will be good for you. Right? He, he knew. He said it with with profound sureness yeah and it you know it even he said it so surely that it it gave me confidence because he he knew he's like man you know i'm 18 he was probably 40 35 40 so he he had been around the block and and he would he's been there before too you know he's walked in my shoes so it's like man what a mentor moment (laughs) yeah yeah that's so key and it's especially with adversity, what we've learned going through obstacles, whatever the case may be, is going through it, you don't mm-hmm. understand the benefit of it until you look back on it. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And and like I, th- I think there's like a Drake song. I heard it. You know how like when there's songs and then there's people that speak in the background of the song? Yeah. I'll never forget this. I can't and I'm I'm horrible with like uh like titles of songs or whatever, but but there's a song that it's specifically a Drake song where it's like things not things may not be going good, but thank God. Something like that. It's like, although things may not be going good, but thank God. Like that was so profound to me, dude. Like, like hearing that and the guy saying it is an older guy in the video. And uh, I was just like, yo, finding gratitude is key. And I was just talking about this a minute ago with the guy that came in um, that I had a meeting with. And uh, we were talking about uh, how some religions, they take, they take like time out of their day, three times a day to pray in the morning, pray in the evening, and then pray at night. It's the, I think it's like, I don't want to jack this up, like the Muslim faith. And I was like, man, I really like that concept. You know, we, we prioritize eating three times a day, everybody's getting there, getting their food in breakfast, lunch, and there's this known thing, this adopted thing, but, but we rare, it, 
we don't even give ourselves two minutes, three minutes to stop and count our blessings and feel and breathe. You know, like really be present and thankful for the things that are going right. Like count your gratitudes. And, and like, that's where it's at. So, so the moment you can flip, you can, you can flip this crazy switch where something happens and you can find gratitude in those things, whether you spill something on the ground and you can be thankful that you have dexterity in your hands to clean it, or you're going through a struggle at, at work and you're thankful that you've even got a job. <laughs> you're thankful you're that, struggling, you, right. <laughs> that you were able to drive there because you have vision and you're thankful for your brain and, and your, your ability to even comprehend this trouble that, that you're going through right now, this resistance. Everything will change in your life. If you're able to take a minute and, and fill your cup with gratitude. And, uh, you know, that's it. I think that's the mechanism that successful people have is, is the ability to uh, solve puzzles and remain ag- aggressively curious and enthusiastic as they fail. Yeah. In school, we're taught like, you know, you, you fail, you mess something up, you get a bad grade and it's like, Oh, that's shameful. Yeah. Nah, man, (laughs) that that is, that's where it's at is the faster you can do that. The faster you're going to get the answers to the test, the faster you're going to get, you know, so it's just different. It's it's not what a lot of people, it's not what we, we learn. We don't chase failure. Yeah. Except if you're in the gym, then it makes sense. Oh, right. Does make sense. I'm growing. Look at my biceps. Yeah, you did some whatever it's called, suicides or whatever. <laughs> but you know, no, it, I, I think that is key. We, we almost become embarrassed, like you, you know, your teacher passes passes around the test. It's like Josh, what did you get? You know, a B. <laughs> and you're getting Bs, Why, bro. I was no, nah, I mean, I, I say I, I was saying a B, but it was really an F or a D. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was just saying like, hey, I got a B. You know. But it was, uh, like you said, as we get older, failure is, is actually the best way to do it. And, and failing fast, actually, like you said before, going towards the obstacle as, a, as opposed to avoiding it and, yep. uh, and, and not going towards it. Because that's the only way we can grow it, by failing. By failing. Da- so, David, Gog- David Goggins is that guy. Yeah. If you need, if you really want to see somebody who's like a master at this and loves and just enjoys that this process that's a dude i mean that you can just kind of get a glimpse of whoa this guy loves the the pain of progress i love it you know and the pain of progress is so key one and and one more thing before i before we start winding down i want to touch on one thing in your story i think it's big for young people right Mm -hmm. actually looking at people's trajectory in life based off the choices that they made before you actually make your own choice, right? So you say, hey, I looked at these military guys. This is what happened to them. I looked at these college guys. This is what happened to them based off this important choice that they made. And you were able to say, okay, which one is best for me? And you made the choice that you made, right? I think all too often um, we, we don't actually look at the trajectory of other folks Choices. We just go with what our friends do. We don't actually yeah. get the trajectory. Hey, my friends got into sales. I'm going to get into sales. My friends did this. 
I'm going to do this just because uh, I don't want to go against the tribe in a way. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I guess that mindset of actually looking at the trajectory of folks' choices is so key as a young individual. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to have a good filter on. You got to be wary of, of uh, you know, there's a lot of people trying to sell you stuff, courses. There's a lot of people that yeah. that are using tactics to convert you into something. So you got to have some discernment. But there, man, there's a Bible verse for this. Matthew 7, 7, 8. Ask, seek, and find. When was the last time anybody listening to this right now actually asked with faith and expectation? Asked, not with your lips, in, in silence. Um, you know, and, and sought out the picture of the ideal lifestyle that they want to build. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Like who, how many people have actually asked themselves or have actually, you know, asked for something with faith and then sought, you know, figured out how they could go out, like pursue that. that that thing that they want and that's that is there's an acronym that i learned which stands for it's spec s-p-e-c it stands for select project expect and collect without getting into the quantum physics of all this and the laws of the universe some people call it the universe i call it god yeah um i think it goes way beyond comprehension there and I'm, i'm a man of faith believe that we came from from a uh, divine creation. God is source, in my opinion. Uh, when you select what you want, you project it into your mind, right? You select this thing. I want, you know, use, use an example. Of, and it doesn't have to be money or physical things. It could be peace of mind. It could be new friends, relate, deep relationships. It could be, you know, the thing that is wealthy to you, you select that. You project it into your mind. You start feeling it before you're there. You think about it. You become a kid again. You're, you're projecting and you're in the Ferrari. You're feeling the steering. You can, turn, you can turn your Toyota Prius into a Ferrari. <laughs> and you know what it feels like. You know what it smells like. You know what people are, like the details what are those details? Then the E is expecting it with faith. You have to believe, and I'm a man of faith. I believe that my father, the creator of the universe, wants me to prosper. Yeah. I believe that. And if it's true, then my faith is def- it's definitely there. Do anything. He, he wants to see me win. And then collect is, is being in a being in a state where you're ready to receive this blessing. You're not in your own way. You're not, you're not, you're not aligned or you're not operating in the frequency of scarcity, jealousy, hate, anger. You need to work through those things. If you've got those things going on in your life, it's time to unpack those. Number one, identify them. And number two, figure out why you're, you've suppressed them down into your gut or you're, you haven't hurdled them. You're angry. Um, if you desire to fix that, you can, and then, yeah, man, so that's, that's it. Select, project, expect, collect. 
Spec. Spec. Yeah, and if you want to, if you're a nerd like me, and you got to go down the rabbit hole to understand how the, that law works, or to understand to to even increase your faith, you can, you know. Look, you no, know, you I'm a nerd. I, I, I'm definitely a nerd on that stuff. Um, and I've mentioned this book on a few podcasts, but Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And, and Never heard of that one uh, by Deepak Chopra, um, and then. Every law, you know, in these laws is very uh, spiritual. And so spec reminds me of the law of intention and desires. So Mm. these desires, you know, in the book, he says, hey, write down your desires. And and, and when you wake up in the morning, read it before you go to bed, read it. And then uh, meditation, quiet time, read it before. And so. These desires are key, and it's very similar to spec and project, you know, um, and these intentions that we have, you have to put an intention around the actual desire. So the intentions we do daily actually being intentional about the desires that we have, and it creates this expectation that we will become the person. That You're already there. Our desires, there. right? Yeah. So You already have it. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. I love that spec, you know, so, so like, dude, so, so a lot of people will hear that and they won't be ready to accept that as truth yet. They haven't met enough successful people that are there applying this and making this law really work. I was one of those people. So for anybody that's listening that thinks this is a load of crap, I get it hundred percent. What I want them to listen to is this. I want them to think about you're listening when you bought your last car, like when, as soon as you bought that car, you started noticing that same car all around. Has anybody done that? You've done that before too, right? You buy a car and then it's like, you never really saw it before, but now you start noticing that car everywhere. It's in your field of view and sight. So that's called your reticular activating system, RAS. If you want to research this physiological component of your body, do it. you know, check it out. But what it does is it, if you, if you program, so what's, what's happening when you buy that new car is that it's putting it into your mind. It's now, you know, at the forefront of your mind. So although that car's always been there, you're now thinking about it. (laughs) So what happens is when you understand your biology, you understand your physiology and your brain, and you start telling yourself things like I'm successful, I'm wealthy. I'm always connected to the right people, always meeting new people. I love how it feels to be making millions of dollars. You start using this different type of language yourself and start believing it. What happens is, is you're tuned in. You start tuning in. And then the next thing you know, you're at the airport, you overhear somebody talking that you wouldn't have heard previously. There's an opportunity. Your eyes and ears are awake to these things. You get in the way of money, opportunity friends. Uh, so I wanted that, I wanted to say that because it's, it's one thing to go into the details of all this crazy talk, but uh, it's another thing. If I don't want people to miss it, I don't want people to at least have some exposure where they go, Hmm, maybe Josh and Tim aren't, aren't crazy. Maybe they've fell into something that's kind of interesting. 100%, 100%. Anyway. It's, 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 it's deep. It's deep. And it, it, like you said, we could talk about it for another 
three, four hours. <laughs> but no, that's great. No, and, and man, it's crazy because I didn't even expect to go go there, but we went there. That's just how it is. The, the line we're flowing, right? We're just flowing. We're just flowing. <laughs> but uh, winding down, I want to give people an opportunity to learn. Uh, where can they find you? A little bit, learn a little bit more about you, true fans. Um, yeah, and all that jazz. Cool. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, I just started to like build my personal brand. So if you look up Tim Branion, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have any like my own personal Instagram or Facebook. I, I use it all for like business, but if you want to connect yeah. with, uh, you know, me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Tim Branion, find me on YouTube, Tim Brandon, releasing more content and just showing some of the behind the scenes of the good, the bad, like transparently what's going on like with, with these projects or companies, um, things that are going on in my life. And then uh, my website will be launching soon. It's going to be just timbranion.com. And that'll kind of act like a hub. Uh, I'm actually designing it right now where when people find me or they want to connect with me, whether they're, they're looking for business funding, whether they you know want to grow their own business, whether it's through like, you know, getting connected with Podmatch, right? Like how how we met, like so PR. It'll have all these kind of pillars that may make sense to the type of people I hope to attract to the website, business owners, entrepreneur types, and I, and I want the website to kind of act like a hub to send them where they need to go. You want to build an app? Cool. Fill this out. Talk to my team. Let's see if we're a good fit. You want to grow your your PR? Cool. You want to hire virtual assistants? Cool. You want to hire virtual developers? just have all these little, little nuances and all these little things that I'll be teaching and, and trying to just give away. Um, then as far as like connecting with me, that'll be a place where they can see like my social medias that I have. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. True, yeah. true fans. It's easy. Just look up the real true fans. Um, you can go to our website is true fans with a Z.com. If, if people listening to this want to get access to it, if you are a creator, you want to monetize, get with Josh. Um, I'm going to make sure that he gets access so he can be the gatekeeper. He'll, he'll be the, you know, you'll be the first touch point for folks that um, want to get access to the way they can join through this podcast. And you're, you're, you know, you will be credited in this, this show will be credited for that, you know, invite that way there's prosperity kind of spreading around is, is the way I'd like to set it up, man. 100%. Yep. No, I appreciate that. And I'm going to put this in the footnotes for people to, uh, to take a look at it. Uh, you got some interesting stuff going on and it's not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger. So yeah. you can see it growing um, and, and you're genuine. The intentions are pure. You're looking to add value. Uh, so I know what it'll be. I know what it'll be. So, uh, and it's, it already is big. Multi-million dollars. And you said you just started a few years ago. Yeah. So we, I think we're, we're on track to do really, you know, we're, we're doing some really cool stuff. And I think, the best part for me, man, is just the stories. Like we're getting in and we're interviewing some of the creators that have done really, really big things and it's changed their life. And like, that's where, you know, from a marketing standpoint and distribution of sure, sure. That's going to help create like cast nets and bring more people to know who we are, what we do. But for me, like as a founder, the, the dude that drew this up on a whiteboard and, and, you know, kind of facilitated some of this and it's just fulfilling, man, to, to see that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. Get get serious about your vision plan. People call it a business plan and that kind of ruins it. You know, it makes takes the yeah. fun out of it. But if you call it a vision plan, 
That's a cooler name. This title is a difference. Like, what's your vision plan? You know, that that's necessary. Decide who you are, decide what you want, what you're going to have, what you're willing to give in exchange for it, and then expecting it because you've already planned it out. You're working it. You, you know it's happening. You're already, it's already done. Yeah, it's already That's done. the power of a vision plan. Wow. That's so good. I'm going to have to have you back on so we can talk about actually setting a vision. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the chat. But no, yeah. that was great, man. I, I think uh, I, I love having people on multiple different shows because uh, it just helps. Now we now we know your story, who you are. Now we get to understand like kind of the mindset behind it all later on. But uh, with that being said, Tim, I appreciate you coming on. This is great, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's going to be exciting to watch this thing grow and you know, the ripples that you guys are creating right here. So thanks for having me, man. 100%. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead, subscribe so that you never miss an episode click the five stars to give us a rating and most importantly keep playing injured